Hello, and welcome to Student Stories, a PRSSA podcast. This series highlights various PRSSA students as they navigate the communications industry, share insights, and tell their unique PRSSA story. These are all stories for students, by students, about students. Episode 1, Conference Planning in a Virtual World, explores the transformation of conference planning during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Our first guest is Kix Patterson, a graduate student at the University of Memphis studying integrated strategic media. Kix has been a member of PRSSA since 2019 and is a member of the Conference Planning Committee for ICON 2020, PRSSA's first ever virtual international conference. Our second guest is Rachel Meltzer, a senior at the University of Oklahoma studying public relations with minors in arts management and entrepreneurship and nonprofit. Rachel is the current vice president of events and fundraising for PRSSA National and advises chapters as they plan district conferences for the spring. Without further ado, here is our conversation. Part one, we'll start with talking about uh, ICON, our international conference this year. So jumping right in here, um, Kix, I'll turn to you. When you began the planning process for the international conference, this year, what did that original conference planning process look like? So Zach, um, the process started back in April of 2019 for my team, which is um, kind of crazy. So it starts with a bid, obviously. That's kind of the process of becoming the conference committee. Um, and we started planning the conference from that beginning bid. Um, it was looking for speakers, looking for what cool events we could bring like from the Nashville scene into the Gaylord, what we could do to take students outside of the Gaylord for lots of cool events, um, what people live in the South, like big legends in PR that we could bring in for our speaking sessions. Uh, so that was kind of our biggest focus. And then, of course, at San Diego's conference last year in October, um, we pitched and we were awarded the conference committee job. So that's what started there in October. From there, it was, you know, we hit the ground running and we were trying to, you know, find all the best options of things that would work. Obviously, our original plan, some of them, they were like, well, we can't really make all those things work, but we can make some great ones work if you tried this instead. Um, and so we were still looking for people to speak, trying to get that stuff in order. Um, and then around January is when we went to Nashville. Um, and in Nashville, we toured the Gaylord, saw all of the spaces we were going to be working in, um, and then kind of began our process of going through Nashville and taking photos for promotion, taking videos for promotion. Um, the conference team was doing intro videos to talk about what people could expect when they got to ICON. And then um, we continued our search for um, keynote speakers as well as for traditional speakers. Um, we had people from all over the South. Um, we were looking at people who worked at Disneyland, for example, which was a great option for us. Um, and of course, everything really changed for us in March and that's when COVID hit and everything changed for us at that point. Gotcha, gotcha, which is completely understandable. Of course, this uh, pandemic has just disrupted all kinds of aspects of our lives, but that is interesting to, to kind of hear the process that you went through before 
Um, and you kind of already did talk about kind of in a typical year what our conference planning process looks like. So let's kind of move to the conference we are about to head to next week uh, uh, from the recording of this podcast here. What are, and I'll ask the, both of you guys here, what are you most looking forward to for this year's icon? And Kix, I'll go ahead and start with you again. Yeah. So something that my committee was working on day one were opportunities for us to create a more diverse and inclusive conference, right? Um, we wanted to make sure that we could see every student could come and see somebody that looks like them on the stage. That was like our main goal because our students here in Memphis, it, it's a very, very diverse population. So we wanted to know what it would look like for our students and then also for all the students around the country and the world. So that was day one, kind of our thing. Um, and thankfully with going virtual, it opened us up to all of the PR essay sessions and they had already done a really good job of planning some really amazing things. And so one of the big ones, one that I was a big part of planning was the living legends session. Uh, in this session, we bring in two huge living legends and they're going to sit down and just kind of share their wisdom with all the young PR pros that are coming up and just tell them like, Hey, you're going to make mistakes, but here's how to fix them. And here's what you look out for. And here, here's how things have shifted over the years and what you should be looking for when you graduate in a year or two. So I'm excited to kind of hear these living legends talk to our students directly and give them all the information they need to hear. Um, and especially for those students who can see themselves on the stage, the people that look like them, right. And people who sound like them and do what they do. Fantastic. Uh, that just makes me super excited myself. And that's a really good point you bring up there, Kicks. The idea of representation across industries, but especially in our public relations industry that is just increasingly diverse, especially in response to this year. There's been a huge push, which is fantastic to see. And I'm super excited to hear some of the insights from these living legends. And I'm just super happy and grateful that our diverse students are able to see see themselves in the living legends of the profession and all of that. Um, Rachel, let me turn to you now. What are you most looking forward to at this year's icon? Um, I think that definitely I am really excited for our platform. Um, it's super interactive, which is something that we haven't really gotten a lot of. I feel like a lot of our, um, a lot of our interactions virtually have been over Zoom or platforms like that. So I'm really excited that um, our conference committee has worked super hard to get us a really awesome interactive platform that will really offer some really awesome uh, opportunities to connect and to network and to really feel as close to being there at ICON as possible. Um, it'll be really awesome to be able to kind of while you don't have those opportunities to necessarily like bump elbows with somebody um, as you're walking to another session, you will have the uh, opportunity to be in a virtual lobby and find other people um, and be able to chat with them. Um, so you might even be able to have a little bit more networking than you might have thought um, due to not being in the same location, which I'm really excited for. I think it'll be a really great way to expand our horizons when it comes to networking and connecting with each other. Fantastic. I absolutely agree. That's something I'm super happy about with this platform is just the ability to network. I know last year in San Diego, me and a few friends, we went to like a, it's a really fancy Italian restaurant. We, we ended up running into 
this PR professional. Um, and just the amount of knowledge we just gleaned from that simple conversation over dinner was fantastic. So while we might not have that exact same situation, maybe I'll, I'll make some Italian food in my apartment here to, to remind me of those days, there's still going to be opportunities to connect and network with other professionals um, and students as well from all across the world, which is super exciting. Um, before we wrap up part one here, are there any last thoughts to share about ICON from either of you? I know you guys have pretty much said all that, that needs to be said <laughs> during your mini press tour, as I've been calling it here, but any last thoughts? I would just say um, another great session to attend would be our keynote session um, with Candice Stilflippen. She is um, a personal friend of mine. I actually had her as a professor last year. Um, and she's going to talk about what it looks like to be a young PR pro walking into the PR world right now. Um, she does research on multi-generational workplaces. So what does it look like for somebody our age working with somebody who's a boomer or somebody who is a late, a later millennial or earlier millennial, should I say? Um, so she's looking at that. She's also looking at what does it look like messaging wise for PR pros now in a world where everything is kind of in chaos? How do we, how do we talk about social movements? How do we talk about pandemics? So that keynote session is going to be super informative for our students to prepare them to walk into their next step as a PR pro. Fantastic. And yeah, I am super excited. I'm super excited about everything I feel like, but I really, I truly am having gone to two international conferences now from PRSSA, PRSA, those keynote sessions are, are definitely powerful and extremely moving. Um, Rachel, any, any other last thoughts before we move on to part two here? Yeah, I think that the one other thing that I'd just like to point out about ICON, which is really awesome, that our sessions are being able to be accessed after ICON, which is really awesome. Um, if you paid that registration and if you were able to attend most, but maybe not all of ICON because maybe you had a class or another commitment, they are, they're super awesome and they've let us um, have access to those sessions after ICON. So if you missed something or if you want to listen to something again, or if you maybe missed um, the name of someone you were talking to, um, you'll be able to go back and watch those sessions, which I think is really awesome. Um, and a lot of opportunity um, to kind of continue to grow and learn there, which is super exciting. Fantastic. And yeah, that's, that's another benefit here being able to have, you know, that, the ability to go back and, and relive some of those experiences, or if you missed um, a session, you're able to have it right there on demand for you, which is fantastic. Um, moving on to part two here. So in the fall semester, we have ICON on our international conference, but in the spring semester, we typically move to our district conferences, which I know Rachel, you've been working tirelessly to help plan this year. Um, so kind of let's walk through that. Let's dig into that a little bit. What has the district conference planning looked like during this crazy pandemic? And maybe compare that to our typical planning process if you can. So on my end for um, nationals, it's definitely looked a little different than, um, than years past. Um, but I will say something that is kind of nice to say the same is Right now, um, as I've been meeting with chapters and as I've been getting to talk to them and hear about their ideas, all of that, 
is virtual right now, and it has been virtual since obviously um, we can't go and see everyone individually to talk about just their conference plans. But it's still really awesome getting to connect with them in that way. And I think that the, a really big thing for our chapters right now when they're planning is making sure that even if there is a hope, that we will get to have an in-person conference um, or a hybrid conference that they're really thinking about, okay, how can I turn this virtual if maybe the world is not ready for an in-person conference right then, um, right now. So I think that that is definitely a really big thing to take in mind and be considering in those multiple planning options. I think that this year more than ever, um, conferences are really having to stop and think about with every aspect of their conference, okay, Maybe I want to, would love to have an in-person conference, but if I have to change it, how can we do this to be the easiest? And so it's not a last minute, oh my gosh, we have to change everything to accommodate a conference. Um, and how can we make that the best possible experience for people? Um, and that is something that I'm really excited this year is the opportunity to have virtual conferences. Um, that is what we will be seeing a lot of in the spring or at least hybrid options, um, which is really awesome and gives you a lot of opportunity there to kind of get to connect more and expand your reach. But yeah, as far as planning goes, um, definitely a lot of thinking of how can these plans be twofold into how can we make a best possible um, plan for in-person, but also how can we make um, the digital user's experience just as great? Gotcha. That all sounds fantastic and exciting. I know it's a little different and some of us may be bummed that, you know, we live in a, in a world where we have to do things all virtual, but there's also some, some good side, some plus side to that. Um, kind of digging into that a little more. Is there anything that you've seen from a chapter like bid or they're planning so far that's been got that has gotten you super excited or or impressed um i don't know any thoughts on that i mean first off i'm super impressed with all of our chapters thus far um in their planning processes they've all been super um aware of the times that we're currently living in and making sure that our conferences are reflecting that in all ways. Um, and it's really awesome to kind of get to see some chapters be able to step up and host a conference virtually where they might not have been able to host a full in-person conference. Um, and really keeping in mind that they can expand the reach. Um, something that I'm really excited for district conferences this year is even if there's not a conference in your district, um, or even if you don't live in the district that the conference is taking place, with virtual conferences, you still have the opportunity to attend. And we have some really awesome um, conferences this year that are focusing on some really awesome, um, really awesome topics. I don't want to spoil too much, um, but I'm really excited for just the fresh takes and the um, really just innovative um, thoughts and ideas that these conferences have been putting together. Um, they're really thinking outside the box in terms of networking, in terms of platforms, in terms of what does it look like to connect with people when you can't be in a room and just walk up to them and join a conversation. Um, and also, how can we be having important conversations as the PR industry and as individuals in the PR industry and maintaining our own values um, when it comes to work in PR and things like that. So I am super proud of all of our district conference committees. They have been working super hard. Um, I started having meetings with them back in 
oh my gosh, back in August. Um, so it's definitely been a bit of a process um, getting to speak with everyone, but everyone has just come to the table with super exciting ideas that will really benefit our um, that will really benefit our community, and I'm super excited about it. And the opportunity for people to potentially even attend more than one district conference if there are multiple, um, if there's multiple topics that they're excited about. So I'm really excited for that, and I think that it'll it'll be really great. And everyone's been doing a great job, kind of adapting um, to what's going on right now. Awesome! Thank you so much. That sounds again really exciting, and and all there seems like there's a lot of energy and all sorts of. Um, things going into this year's district conference planning cycle. It's definitely a unique challenge that all of these chapters face, but it sounds like they're they're up for the challenge. Um, and instead of pressing you more about details that I'm sure you would like to share later, when will we learn more about district conferences and where can students look for that information? Yes, absolutely. So um, district conferences will be, the rollout will start to be during ICON, but you'll hear more about um, district conferences through the PRSSA social media, through individual chapter social media, and be looking for that the week after ICON. And we'll be looking for that information also on the PRSSA website. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. Um, we have some really exciting promotion things planned. So I'm excited for everyone else to get to learn about all the hard work that these chapters have been putting in and hopefully get excited um, about these conferences and getting to attend and connect with each other. Fantastic. There you are, PRSSA. Hang tight. The, the conferences will be announced sooner. They may already be announced by the time this podcast episode drops. Who knows? Um, kind of moving on then from that, let's talk about just conference planning in general during this virtual uh, virtual normal that we have here. Um, my first question for both of you guys is, do you think conferences are going to look different once things do get back to our typical normal, I guess I could say? How does that shift to virtual affect the future of conference planning? Kicks, I will kick it back to you for this. Yeah, um, I don't think that we're ever going to return to a full traditional, I use that word kind of loosely, traditional look at our conferences. I'm hoping that the virtual aspect that we are going to use this year may get reused in the future. A, for the um, accessibility thing, right? I know, you know, you were just talking about district conferences and how you could attend multiple now as a virtual thing. Like at our university, you really can only get funding for like one event, maybe two per year. And so having this online option that's more affordable can allow our students to go to multiple conferences throughout the year. They could go to two different district conferences and then go to ICON in the, in the same year, right? So I think, and my hope is, is that even if we get back to where we have in person, there will also still be a virtual off, uh, offering as well. Maybe not the entire conference, but all the biggest sessions will also be live streamed. So students can make their decision. Do I want to go in person? Do I want to meet people there? Do I just want to catch some of the sessions a little bit later on, maybe in the archive? So I'm hoping for a hybrid outlook for the future because it just makes a lot of sense in my opinion. Rachel, what do you think? I completely agree with Kix. I think that, like I said earlier, I mean, these virtual conferences are really opening up 
um, accessibility to access these conferences because you don't have to think about things like travel expenses and things like that. And most of most chapters and just events in general are really thinking about that price point and how we can adapt um, to bring more people into the conversation, which is super important. Um, so I think that that's definitely going to be a big part of it. And I think that a lot of how maybe sponsorships in terms of conferences, I think that that is going to be a big change as well. Um, because when you think about those virtual aspects, you have to think about, okay, what are potential sponsors for our events potentially losing um, in terms of, oh, someone's not walking around constantly seeing their, um, their branding, but also how can, how can we offer them new things that maybe we weren't able to offer before. Um, so I think that that is definitely going to be a bit of a pivot as well. Um, and also just exploring platforms to bring into, um, to bring into the game because before, I mean, it, like I said, it was pretty much just zoom, um, in terms of virtual meetings and virtual conversations. But as we've grown more and more into this world, we've kind of seen, um, other really strong companies pop up to be hosting virtual events, um, and I think it'll be interesting just to see how that develops as well, to see how close of an in-person event you can get online as well, um, which I think is going to be really cool and really awesome and really be able to expand your reach and kind of connect um, even across oceans and through countries, um, being able to connect better, which is something that I'm really excited to see. Absolutely. I agree <laughs> with both of you guys there. I think that there's been a, like a forced innovation in conference virtual conference and meeting and event planning due to the pandemic. And I'm super excited to kind of see where that takes us. You know, I think Icon's going to be a really great start for that. And then to see it continued through district conferences, but also outside of um, PRSSA, PRSA, just general conference funding in general. I think the sponsorship side of it is a really good point as well. And I mean, heck, like even at the chapter level for PRSSA, seeing some of the virtual things that our chapters have done this year in terms of coming together. I mean, PRSSA Reimagine comes to mind. There's a, a coalition out in California, California chapters doing um, combined programming. I think that there's our, there are tons of opportunities, um, you know, for collaboration there and for farther reach. And that kind of brings me to my next question about general chapter virtual meetings. You know, Zoom fatigue is something that I'm sure we have all experienced. And I was going to ask you guys, how could chapters spice up their standard virtual meetings to help with this? Perhaps even if it is on Zoom, or what are some other options besides Zoom to help, you know, spice up that virtual programming? Um, I think that I might would say something that works great and we've already been doing for many years in PRSSA our Twitter chats, right? Maybe we move away from the video audio format and move to, you know, a platform like Twitter and have meetings that way. That's a way to do it, to kind of get it out there and invite people who may not be able to normally attend to be able to join you. And also too, a thing that we're learning and hopefully we're going to continue to learn from Icon is the idea of recording it and offering it up as an 
as a video after it's done, right? People have strange schedules, especially nowadays when things virtual, you're all, you're at, you're at work or you're in a meeting. I'm in probably like 15 zoom meetings a day and it kind of gets tiring. Right. So sometimes it might be good just to offer some special, uh, special event like what PRSSA imagined is doing. Cause that's, um, my university, university of Memphis is part of that. Um, we're, you know, offering a huge thing of Ben and Jerry's this week one of the people from Ben and Jerry's. And so offering that and offering a replay later on, I think is a great way to start maybe to make any kind of meeting um, accessible, but also not so um, dreadful to attend. Yeah, for sure. And that's something, I mean, nothing that my chapter does. We record our meetings and offer them because we know that people might have online classes. Cause for us, like all of our classes got moved back. So definitely offering that adaptability and being able to do that. And I mean, in terms of like, if you are having these in-person events like via Zoom or in-person, virtual in-person events like on Zoom or things like that, um, I think it's a really good opportunity to kind of be able to bring in different insights. Something that we realized this year was um, we typically like to have our guest speakers in person with us, which obviously this semester our chapter is completely online. So that was not feasible. Um, But it really opened up who we were able to bring in because distance and were they near the Oklahoma city, Norman area was no longer, um, no longer a boundary for us. So we would have been really blessed to be able to bring in some really awesome um, speakers that some of them live in California, some are in New York, some are in Portland. Um, They're kind of everywhere. And also being able to bring in alumni. um, I think that that's something that has, been really awesome to see not only from our own chapter but other chapters um, to kind of join the conversation and talk about um, how their experience has changed um, and how their experience differs from um, the experiences that you're going through now from the same college I think is really awesome and really um, really beneficial and insightful to see and seeing how you can grow and how um, you can have really awesome experiences out of your college and bringing them in to get involved in exciting things um, and something that we do um, that I'm really excited about that we just planned actually is we partner with kind of like sister organizations. So we have ad club, which is focused in the advertising industry. And so we're doing a really fun family feud um, PRSSA versus ad club Um which is I'm excited for. And then we're going to have a guest speaker come in and be the moderator, um, the little our Steve Harvey. So um, we're excited to bring that in and get to get to connect with um, other people in our own, um, in our own college, but also in like a similar industry. We're all in the strategic communications industry and being able to reach out to each other um, in times like these is really awesome and really beneficial. And um, it'll be good to see some, some nice competition there as well. Um, just to do something different. Um, that's not just a meeting that we've sit and chat. Wow. That is, that is a ton of wonderful insights and information there. A lot to kind of unpack, but thank you. Thank you both so much. I will highlight some things that I I really enjoyed from what you guys just both said there. One, the idea of having a meeting, but not on Zoom. I think the Twitter chats is something that always gets a lot of engagement. I saw Penn State has started um, doing their own Twitter chats. Shout out to them. Um, I really enjoyed those, even if I can't catch them live all the time. And I do think also another thing is bringing in those outside speakers, like being in the PR communications industry and even, you know, 
being like in the Midwest for me or other parts of the country, sometimes it's hard. Like, oh, we can't get a speaker from Los Angeles or New York, but like now you can. And with the power of the PRSSA, PRSA network as well, I mean, the opportunities are really limitless for who you can connect with and invite to your standard meeting. So I think that's something that's wonderful as well. And I, I hope to see that carry on even past, um, you know, this virtual world we live in. And one more thing too, is I love that cross collaboration you mentioned, Rachel, um, that family feud event. That's funny because actually capital PRs to say partnered with Ohio state PRs to say, are we joined their meeting to do a family feud style of thing too? Um, which I heard was a lot of fun. So I think that's something too. different organizations on your campus. If you have a large communication school, you know, that's definitely a huge thing to do or just like other chapters in your area, you know, in your PR essay um, chapter um, as well. You can connect with them as well. So I think that's really, they're all fantastic ideas. And I'm sure the chapters are now going to have a ton more ideas as they plan their future events. Going back one more time here to that accessibility um, aspect that you mentioned there, Kicks, and Rachel touched upon it as well. I think that's huge, especially as we are actively trying to become a more diverse and inclusive organization. Opportunity for travel to conference has been an issue, you know? I mean, to be completely honest, my school has been very fortunate to help me in paying for my travel to conferences in the past years, but I know not all schools offer that. Going back to discussing conference planning and accessibility, do, you have, do either of you have any additional thoughts to share on, again, opportunity for diverse students in the future of conference planning? I would just say that um, the virtual option is so, so helpful in getting those students to our conferences, right? Um, not only is it the price of it, including you know, when we lose the hotel cost, we lose the airfare or the drive time, but also it brings the price of the actual conference down. And that really opens up more opportunities for our students to be there. Um, I know one of the issues that our conference team was facing during the planning process, even back before COVID hit, was that some states would not fund students to come to Tennessee due to some political issues. Um, and I won't dive into those, but there are, you know, there's some state mandated things that were going on, especially for our students in California, for example. Um, and so when we offer these virtual events that have the lower price point, it opens it up to students who can't get that funding or maybe, um, maybe they're not allowed to get that funding due to those kind of things. Um, so it just, it just opens it up to so many more people when they can actually afford to do it on their own and they don't have to travel hundreds or thousands of miles to attend. Definitely. And I think that going off of that kicks, a big thing um, that I think about when planning conferences, even not relevant to PRSSA is just that priority of getting people in the room and allowing them to be a voice in the room um, is really important um, to me personally when I plan and opening up that accessibility to have like diverse voices and to have people um, that have different backgrounds and that have different just life experiences be able to come together and kind of brainstorm and think and collaborate. Um, so that is something that I'm really um, pleased with, with virtual conferences is that we are able um, to hopefully be able to open that up a little bit um, to get more of those voices in the room and talking with each other. Absolutely agree. 
Fantastic points again. And I do think that for the PRSSA student, at least this has been reflected in my experience, it really takes one or two just key connections that, you know, can light a fire under you, inspire you, make you realize, you know, your dreams and your goals in this profession. So I think just being able to expose more and more students, um, kind of to diverse voices and different potential mentors or just people in the industry that inspire them. Um, I really do encourage any PRSSA students listening to this, um, even if you're going to a virtual conference or you're hopping onto a Zoom call at your chapter with the speaker, genuinely try to connect. If there's something they say that inspires you or you find interesting, man, get them on LinkedIn, connect with them, email them, follow up with them. I know from my experience as well, a lot of professionals in this industry are willing to give back. Um, so definitely just make that first um, step and establish those relationships. I want to sincerely thank both Kix and Rachel for joining me on the podcast today. I think we can all agree that conference planning will be fundamentally changed as we head into the future. Speaking of the future, PRSSA students, be on the lookout for district conference information coming at you soon. And lastly, if any of you have a story you want to share, please reach out to me at vpbrandengagement at prsa.org. The email will be provided in the show notes. I hope to explore stories from a variety of PRSSA students through this podcast series and give a voice to all. Until next time, stay safe, everyone.